Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, a hot block commander. How you want to end up on a two-hour show and keep the brain running with the premise to talk sports on a national level. Vote with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. Yo, what's good, War Room family? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm the Bull Dev Mac. And I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my brother. Got Jimmy the Blueprint in the building with me tonight. Look, man, five weeks down in the NFL season, we have two of the weirdest NBA stories in years going on. The MLB uh, League Championship Series are almost completely set. And we got a whole lot more that's going on, and we're going to give you our two cents on all of it. So you know what time it is. It's time to sit back, relax, and bust it up again with your guys in the greatest man cave in the history of the planet. That is the War Room. You can get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the Bodyhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the War Room, or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number as usual. 323-410-0012. What up, fam? I see they really sent your man, Captain Kirk, in the space. When you going? When you signing up? <laughs> man, as soon as I can to get get away from these folks, man. As soon as, as, soon as possible. A-S-A-P. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of stuff, man, goes on every day down on this this rock, this third rock from the sun that we like to call earth that I'm with you. I mm-hmm. definitely want to get away from And We're going to talk about some of that stuff tonight. Some of the stuff that make you shake your head, make you face palm, make you do all kinds of stuff and wonder, you know, why are we still here? Cause it's a, at times I definitely hate it here. But before we get into all that, man, y'all know what it is. We got to remind you that whether you're with us live or not at any time on demand, you can still check out archive episodes of our show and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network, either on our own website at warroomsports.com or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms. There's never an excuse to miss an episode, so make sure you don't miss an episode. Uh, you can listen to the War Room. You can listen to the Tissue and the Tape hip-hop show. Shout out to Phil Maddock and Davis Backwards. Uh, you can listen to the Broad Street Line if you're in the Philly sports. Uh, shout out to Roy and Chris. You can listen to After Further Review with the Mayor. You can listen to On the Couch with the Wilsons if you're into movies and TV. It's a whole lot of stuff, man, that you can listen to on the World and Sports Podcast Network, man. If you're into food and restaurants and all that kind of stuff, then John Appetit is the show for you. Shout out to the Burtons on that one. All right, but look, man, before we get into it, got to let you know that Hot Topics are brought to you by my bookie. Warren family, you know what time it is because we let you know this every single week. It's time for you to make some money sports betting at my bookie. If you still haven't checked them out, then it's time to place a bet. Lay down some money on all the biggest games in sports by joining us, the War Room, and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get paid. You pay fast with no hassle. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wages after you hear Ben Simmons has just showed up to the arena unannounced. So join now. 
And my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it, man. Man, before we get into the big stories of the week, Jim, just want to let everybody know the progress. You know, if they haven't been following themselves, uh, Major League Baseball postseason. Um, like I said in the intro, we are almost, almost at the point where uh, we're playing the the, the conference. Not said the conference. I'm sorry, the League Championship Series. Um, the American League Championship Series is already set with the Boston Red Sox facing off against the Houston Astros. And this is bringing – it's a lot of backlash going on here because, you know, the Astros in the past couple of years have been in the news for allegedly cheating. And, you know, the World Series that they got, a lot of people think it's tainted. So now that they've advanced to the, to the uh, American League Championship Series again – you see a lot of people on social media. You see even media outlets, professional media outlets saying the cheating cheaters are, you know, playing to get into the World Series again. Um, you got any thoughts on that, on, on, on Houston being back in the mix? I mean, a good team is a good team, right? No, man, I ain't no baseball, I ain't, I ain't no baseball season started. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking, but no. I mean – it is what it is, right? Like, a lot of times when, you know, people get accused of cheating, they act like you just cheat and you just automatically win, right? right. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of teams throughout the history of sports and every one of the sports we love that have cheated and have been pretty much still terrible, right? <laughs> and that's why I laugh when teams that cheat and their fans get upset when you call them cheaters. Like, who cares? Y'all still yeah. won. We won. They, they can't take it back. Um, a lot of times, you know, like you said, they're not the only ones doing it. They're the only ones that get caught. But even in the process of getting mm-hmm. caught, they didn't get what they won stripped. So, so what? <laughs> so what? Pretty much. I mean, I really think the Pretty teams much. from my city need to cheat a little bit more because, you know, I'm tired of being the bridesmaid <laughs> at all these events. Yeah. So, <laughs> it is what it is. All right, man. So on the National League side of things, um, just like we kind of figured, you got the, the Dodgers and the Giants battling out for that last spot. The Braves are waiting, awaiting one of these teams. Um, the Braves, you know, they beat, uh, they beat, uh, uh, the Brewers three games to one in their, uh, division series and the, uh, the Dodgers and <laughs> The Giants, who by all accounts might be the two best teams in baseball, it's a shame that one of them had to get the wild card with the record they had, but it is what it is. So they ended up facing each other, um, and the series is tied at two apiece. So the winner of this goes on to play the Atlanta Braves. Um, Just think about it, Jim. A couple of more games. If the Phillies didn't choke in that series against the Braves at the end of the season, this could be them, man. The Phillies could have, I'm not yep. going to say easily, but the Phillies could have certainly beaten the Dodgers and been here because it shaped up like it shaped up well for the winner of the NL East because all of the hottest teams in baseball were on that the other side of the bracket having to play each other. St. Louis went into the, to the uh, playoffs hot. Um, they had to play the Dodgers in the one-game wild card elimination thing. 
Dodgers beat them, and now they got to face, you know, the other team that's considered the best team in baseball, which is the Giants. So mm-hmm. it could have set up nicely. But like we always do about this time in Philadelphia, we choked. And <laughs> I mean, that sounds like the Sixers situation too, right? Yeah. When you yeah. talk about the fact that Brooklyn was eliminated, right? And it, it, it was, you know, what they set needed. up for them. Set up for them nicely. However, <laughs> this is what we do, um, and people don't understand that. Like, because people are, a lot of people that I talk to don't understand why. I'm not that angry Eagles fan no more. I'm like, look, man, it took 40 years of my life for me to see the first Super Bowl win. Like, I'm good now. Like, I don't care. (laughs) Losses roll right on off me these days. You know, remember back in the day, Tim, when the Eagles lost, used to mess up my whole week. (laughs) Yeah. Man, these days I'm over the loss before the final whistle, you know, is blown because most of the time you know. Don't lose before the game's over. So it's just different now, man. I don't care who they draft. I don't care who the GM is that everybody complains about. I don't care who they hire as coach. I, I, I come on, man. I put in a lot of emotions, a lot of emotional work to get to where I am. I'm not greedy. We don't need no dynasty. <laughs> not saying that I don't get upset when they're doing bad, but I'm like seriously. <laughs> the emotion they're just not in it like that anymore, man. So shout out emotions to everybody. Who's still going that. Yeah, they definitely do. So that's what's happening over in uh Major League Baseball. We will update you guys with, with that as everything plays on and you know, and we're on the air. Alright, so there was a big fight in the heavyweight division last weekend. Uh, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder for the third time around. Did you get to watch this joint, Jim? Did you did you see yeah, yeah. the fireworks? Um a lot of people and I don't know if this is recency bias or they just used to people going out there like, you know, the last Anthony Joshua fight two weeks ago where the two guys go out and pose for four rounds and throw like sixteen punches every four rounds and somebody gets a decision. If they're used to that, but a lot of people are calling this fight a classic already, a cl- one of the greatest heavyweight fights of all time. Did you see it that way? Yeah, man. I mean, well, I, let, me, let me not say that. I don't see it as one of the greatest of all time, right? Um, I stopped doing that, right, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good for <laughs> jumping on the thing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying saying, to chill though, that on Ken that. Ken Burns' that. documentary was the greatest of all time. Yo, Ken Burns' documentary is the greatest thing about it. See, yo, yo, <laughs> um, what's the joint? I paint, are people that paint houses or paint houses joint? Yo, so I'm going to chill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to chill, man. Um, you know, but uh, what I will say is this, though. They did let it fly. They did come out like they were trying to hurt each other. Because right. your original point is a good point, that lately in boxing all we've seen is people come out, like, trying not to get put on a T-shirt or a meme. And you end up getting a you know decision that's like boring. So this wasn't boring. It was you know it was very dramatic. And that's the thing about boxing. Boxing has the ability to be very dramatic. And right. this was that, um, you know. But the bottom line is, man, like you know, it, it's crazy because I feel like Wilder, although he's not the greatest boxer, but he's an amazing puncher um, and a crazy athlete. I feel like yo, he probably would sweep up the rest of the divisions. He can't beat this boy. 
This boy is right, a right, right. specialist, boy done, and he just got his boy beat him up three times. I think Wilder even. might wipe. I think Wilder might even wipe up uh, the other boy who keep getting knocked out. Although he wants to be putting them, you know. Um, Anthony Joshua. But, yeah, Anthony. I think Wilder might he's wipe a, up he's, Joshua. He's but, a bum to me, man. He just looks the part, but yo, his last well, fight was very that. uninspiring, man. I mean, I thought they were a lot of people have been, since Joshua but, was the champion, and you know, you got to knock the champion out to, to beat him. I thought they was gonna cheat, dude, who dominated the fight, but. You know, they probably think the Here's same the thing. thing. This dude born, he corny. That has been the talk about Joshua since the beginning. They always said that he was more of like an IG model than he was a boxer. Like, he just <laughs> figured out boxing was him to make millions. Like, that was like a criticism mm-hmm. of his. Um, yeah. but I think Wilder is an, a cra- crazy athlete. I think Wilder might be – I think Wilder could sweep up the rest of the division. He just can't beat this boy. And I – like, what do you do, yeah. right, when, when you were like, allegedly, quote, unquote, in your prime, but the dude that got the belt is just somebody you can't beat, but you can beat everybody else. I'm thinking, like, <laughs> like, you're what, right. you, I just can't beat what this you supposed boy, to do, man. though? And the like, funny thing is, Wilder, you know, like, like, cliche aside, he always has a puncher's chance. No matter how bad he's getting beat up, if that right hand connects, it's liable to put anybody on the ground. It's liable to put anybody to sleep. And this fight, I think that's why everybody thought it was so exciting. It was an exciting fight. Five knockdowns in the fight. You know, two from Wilder, uh, three by Tyson Fury, who's to this day, I still don't understand how this dude is this good. I mean, he did come into this fight six foot nine, two hundred and eighty pounds. Wilder bulked up to two thirty eight just so this big dude couldn't lean on him and get him tired throughout the whole fight. But I think when a dude is 280 and, you you know, you're fighting even above your natural weight, I think there's really much you're going to be able to do about that. Um, and it's not just him leaning on you. The dude, you know, even though he looks like um, one of them little eggs in a cup, I forgot what that's called. It's not a poached egg, but he looked like one of them little eggs in them little cups. He shapes like that, but mm-hmm. he has punching power as well. And, I mean, we saw that. I don't know if it was just a good mix or if this dude has devastating punching power or if Wilder just has a weak chin. But, you know, at at the end of this fight, I think it was a good stoppage. You know, Wilder will always tell you that, you know, he wanted to get up and keep fighting. But that last knockdown, man, it looked like he was asleep on his way to the canvas and probably got, you know, he got woken up when he actually hit the canvas. But, um... Like you said, this is one of the things. He just can't beat this dude, man. He he, he seems to actually go into this with a better game plan because we know he's just a wild right-hand thrower, haymaker thrower. Um, He started first two rounds jabbing, jabbing to the face, jabbing to the belly. Um, And Tyson Fury actually looked confused because I I don't think Tyson Fury takes the dude that seriously anymore. Um, Coming into Mm -hmm. a fight at 280, first of all, um, I think Tyson Fury was a little bit overconfident, and I and I kind of think you know it was it might have at some point in that fight it was going to come back to bite him. And the first time he got floored again, I was like, okay, it's getting interesting now. But that's the thing; it's one of these fights where he still dominated the fight throughout, but you always thought that at any given moment this fight could be over in, in, in either of these dudes' favor, man. So it, it was good, yep. you know. We would have to go through a lot of pages. We have to go through a lot of the card catalog as as, as old people to to know if it was one of the greatest of all time. But recency bias and the action and the explosiveness, yeah, we <laughs> it, got, it like got people brief, jumping out the window like that. 
Right. But I, I don't even know if, if Wilder, like, did enough besides the knockdowns to, to make it, to make that kind of claim. Like, because, truthfully, it wasn't as bad as the second fight, but he still got his ass whooped. Like, he got his ass whooped. But he's always mm-hmm. going to have a chance when he hits you with one of them right hands. So, I don't know. Shout out to him, yeah. man. I, you know, in boxing, people always hit you with the, what does he do now, man? You need to retire. I'm like, dang, you lose a couple fights and you got to retire? He just need to go yeah, after I one of those like, other 86 I, I, I belts because he's not going to get the ones like, off what, the Gypsy King. <laughs> I was about to say, what, what is, like, what, if, you're, if you're his manager or somebody in this corner, like, what do you tell him to do? Like, you um, can't I'm, I'm going another way because he can still get a big money fight with Anthony Joshua. There's no belts involved mm-hmm. in that. Or... He can try to – I mean, I know if Tyson Fury, he would have first dibs on the fight with Usyk, the dude who just beat Anthony Joshua. But if, if you know, if they don't make that fight, if I'm if I'm Wilder, I'm trying to go after a fight like that. He might need, like, a, a tomato can tune-up first before he get back in the ring. Um, we didn't even mention yeah, that his camp is trying, saying – What's the, what's the weight <laughs> limit for white heavyweight, light heavyweight? <laughs> I don't know. You think he should go down and then just dominate that division? Yeah, yo, just go down and dominate that, man. Yeah, Take, yo, just get I'm out of this here. Bulls division because you can't beat Yeah, until he leaves. Because I, I don't even think he trained for the fight, and he, you still couldn't beat him. So <laughs> it, it's just one of them things, man. It's one of them uh, mm-hmm. big brother, little brother relationships. Like, no matter how yeah, good man. you get, you could be a bigger star than me. No matter how good you get, I'm still your big brother, and I'll still whoop that ass. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll we'll see where he goes from here, man. But like you said, man, I think he can, you know, even without skill, that right hand can wipe up the rest of the division because you know the rest of the division ain't it. So <laughs> shout out to him. His camp yeah. came out a couple of days ago and said he broke his hand during the fight. Um, sounds like an excuse because I don't think he was going to beat him anyway. But I'm not saying this not legitimate because there was a time in the fight where he started to be a little bit ginger with that hand, the way he was pulling it back. Um, but I don't really think it would have made a difference. So um, shout out to him. Hope yeah. his hand get better. Hope he can go out and still get this money. This money. All right, man. One of the bigger stories of the week, man. Probably it's probably right up there as the biggest story of the week. Um, John Gruden, like we had talked about him and his emails last week. I think we brought up his, his email about um, that they found about DeMora Smith saying his lips were as big as Michelin tires or whatever. Um, and at that point, <laughs> we were, we were kind of like in a wait and see um, because, you know, he still, he still had a job. There was no backlash as far as him being fired. Everybody was just looking at him now like, okay, John, John Gruden might be a racist, except for the people who, who actually defended him. A few days later, the probe into his emails got a little bit deeper, and some more information came out where he was uh, making some homophobic slurs and uh, some misogynistic uh, talk in some of his emails. And then when that happened, the backlash became immediate and the pressure got to the point where he was pretty much forced to resign. Now, you know, for everybody out there who hasn't followed this closely, there's been a lot on social media. There's been a lot of linking this to Dave Chappelle's um, recent 
stand-up called The Closer because he pretty much did a whole hour and a half about <laughs> about uh, trans people as it pertains to the backlash you get when you joke about them versus the backlash you get when you joke about black people and Dave's in Dave's case, his own people. Like he even mentioned it. Like I said the N word five thousand times on the Chappelle show and they tried to give me fifty million dollars to keep doing it. But as soon as he makes a joke about anybody in the LGBTQ IA et cetera community, then everybody's talking about canceling him and he's getting all kinds of backlash. So I don't think this is I don't think the concept is new. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of people because it's fresh in their minds, a lot of people are giving Dave Chappelle kind of credit for calling this. When this dude says something when when his emails came out about the Morris Smith, there was a lot of people trying to uh defend him, if you will, and the backlash wasn't immediate and swift. He was not forced to resign, but as soon as you heard him say something about you know, people in the gay community, um, you know, women, Jews, then it was it was on from there. So what's your thoughts, first of all, on that part of the story before we even get into, you know, John and um, – I mean, to me, this is all about – this is all about power, right? Like, black folks don't have no power, so therefore people can do whatever they want to do to you. I mean, it is what it is. I'm not so par for the course, like though, as far as you're concerned, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't cross. Because that's my thing. Like people oh, man, were acting like, like Dave. Like shout out to him, but like people were acting like he was prophetic. Like we ain't been screaming this for decades. But yeah, like this. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like Dave. Again, yeah, I was telling, I was telling a friend of mine this. He was like, "Man, Dave is in that way." I said, "True." I said, "But Dave is an amazing storyteller, and he knows how yeah. to communicate better than most." But right. I mean, he, he didn't really say anything new or groundbreaking or shocking. Who doesn't know that? Right. Like, we, we, we know that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, man, yo, John, shout out to our brother B. Austin, um, who put a video together, uh, General Thoughts, which is on our YouTube channel, where he kind of, like, talked about not necessarily Gruden, but all Gruden's, uh, you know, uh, athletes that, right. like, ran to jump up to defend him. Um, so and when you do watch it, mind video. you that he put this out, he put this together prior to the second wave of emails that actually forced him to resign. And and key words are resign because after all of this and after all of the backlash, Jimmy, he was still giving his given his dignity enough to have to quit on his own and not actually have he was fired for this on his resume, on his you know, on his life on his what they call it, on his dash. Like, he didn't have to have yeah, that. Yeah. Whether we know what the real thing was or not, we know it was pressure. But at the same time, they, they allowed him to do that. They ain't put no smut on his name. But He definitely I mean, didn't put smut on They let him resign. <laughs> like, they let him basically act as if he, show, he was showing remorse and didn't want to be a distraction, and I'm going to resign. No, because if that was anybody else, that was any mm-hmm. of us, like, we'd have got fired before they even called us to tell us we have been fired. They'd already told the media mm-hmm. that we were gone. We will not allow this in our organization. He is gone. This dude gets a talk yeah. and a chance to go out there. Not a surprise, mm-hmm. right? Far for the course. Nah, <laughs> that is what it is. Yeah, so, yeah, he, 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 was, he was saying some wild stuff, though. 
and some of it was actually um, directed towards the commissioner of the league. He definitely said uh, something like, um, uh, what did he say? Uh, he was deriding Goodell for forcing the Rams to draft quote-unquote queers, um, referencing Michael Sam when he, was, uh, when he came out gay before the draft that year. Um, so he spoke on that. Um, and, and all of this was happening while he was an analyst at ESPN. So this is one of those things where your old emails, your old tweets, your old that kind of stuff gets you in trouble um, because that's kind of the times we're living in. But, hey, <laughs> it, it yeah, happens to, I mean, to, to a lot of people. I, I just wonder now, you know, there was a lot of jokes that were made, um, and some of them were hilarious, on Twitter about, like, you know, Jerry Jones emails or what have you. But I always thought about right. that, too, like, what kind of can of worms does this open up if we got going through folks' emails? And, right. And, and so, but how many, Yo, John, how many email accounts in the NFL you think are getting purged as we speak? You know, we gotta we gotta Destroy acknowledge it. John Green's comedy film. Like, we want to we want to acknowledge the fact that yo he was very slanderous. Like he was letting his hands go. Like he was in a group chat. Like John, he John was Green an equal opportunity slanderer too. So yeah, yeah, he was letting his hands go. We hey, can man. be mad at him for the lips comment. We definitely can be mad at him. You know, he was an equal opportunity slander. John John Gruden, real talk, would would fit in in our group group chats like very well. That's what I just said. I just said that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he definitely would. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he definitely right would fit in. Definitely everybody. Yeah, he's in everybody. Yeah, everybody Anything good. we've built in life, if you know, if somebody decided to 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 be a snitch in our group chats, uh, like oh, we done. Be in big trouble as well. So um, we, we done, baby. Yeah. Well, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, well. So I mean, what is what is the key for the Raiders season though? Um, I don't know. I I was one of those people that I wasn't a hundred percent sold on the Raiders anyway. I mean, you know, we talked about it last week when everybody was panicking about the Chiefs. Um, and the Chiefs still aren't playing up to their you know full potential out here. But when everybody was out there panicking about the Chiefs. In my eyes, I still think this division is going to end up being an easy win for the Chiefs. And if there is a team that's going to push them, I think it's more likely to mm-hmm. be San Diego, San Diego, uh, L.A. Chargers rather than the Las Vegas Raiders. So, you know, yeah. we'll see about that. It, it just remains to be seen. And, they, you know, it remains to be seen if the, the Chargers can – win close games because we know the Chargers haven't, the mm-hmm. record won't show you that, but they haven't been a bum team over the last few seasons. They just did dumb stuff at the end of games. A lot of it was coaching um, that just, you know, lost them games. So if they can do things differently and pull those games out this season rather than lose them, then they might be a, a formidable opponent. Mm-hmm. In that division for for the Chiefs, but um, let me get your opinion on this because you have people out there saying, okay, the NFL is looking real hypocritical right now because if you just look at the people they have for that's performing at halftime of the Super Bowl this year, the things that they've said about women and using the N word and you know. Jews and all that kind of stuff is way worse than anything and way more than than, than John Gruden's emails. 
So do you think there's anything to that? I mean, I know it's deflection. It's definitely deflection for people who are trying to defend him. But does the NFL look hypocritical in this whole thing? I mean, the NFL is hypocritical in everything they do, but at the end of the day, I mean, <laughs> Pretty much. There's, there's consequences there's consequences to all your actions, right? Um, we're talking about entertainers versus someone who has a position of power within the league. Those entertainers don't have any power within the league. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have no power within the league. So, you know, this is honestly what it is. It's funny because on one hand, they want private companies to be able to do whatever they want to do until it goes against, like, somebody they like. And then it's, mm-hmm. like, something different. People just want to argue for the sake of argument. Like, you're hypocritical when you say that. Like, you know, come on, man. Right. These folks, I mean, he I, wants to, I still he, he resigned. Think that, By the way, he resigned. Right. And But I still think, Jim, that that snowball will fall downhill and get big enough to where the NFL, if they don't all out go ahead and do it, they will end up contemplating cutting these people from the halftime show. I guarantee you the pressure is going to ratchet up like that. Because first of all, when this type of stuff happens, everything either turns black and white or it turns Mm -hmm. Republican Democrat. So you're going to have a certain people, certain half of the population um, politically who are going to start saying stuff like that, putting pressure on it. Because as much as they say they want to keep politics and all that stuff out of sports, they always have something to say about sports. So it really doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. And and it's like that for, you know, some of the other big topics that we're going to talk about tonight. But um, shout out to, to John Gruden, no longer employed. Um, if you want to come holler at our, our group chat, you know, we'll let you in. <laughs> we'll let you in. We'll bust it up with you a little bit. But as far as this whole thing go, um, you know, I was never like a big Demarus, however you pronounce his name, Demarus Smith fan. But, you know, I got to stand on the side of the brother, man. You can't be, can't be talking trash. Crazy part is a lot of the mm-hmm. trash talking he was doing, he was doing it to Bruce Allen of the Washington professional football team. Is anybody surprised about that, though? Like, <laughs> like come on. That whole <laughs> franchise has been – basically calling somebody a different kind of n-word since like 1930 so yeah that's just another uh, just another just another thing man yes yeah, that's, that's just just something else to add to the mix of how ridiculous this stuff is yeah all right man so uh our quote of the week will, will pretty much get us into our next topic man our quote of the week and and remember i just i just said politicians want to get into things even though when it's the other way around they want to tell you I don't want politics in my sports I just want to get away and blah 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 so this comes from uh, Laverne Spicer who is a black Republican woman in Florida who's running for Congress in the state of Florida Um, she said on her Twitter account this week and I quote they let Magic Johnson play basketball with full-blown HIV but won't let Kyrie play because he won't get a COVID shot. Again, Laverne Spicer, candidate for Congress in Florida. Um, hey, yo. Jim. <laughs> Jim. Yo, yo. First of all, you know the first thing I laughed at was full-blown HIV. Like, what, what are we doing here, dog? Like, what's full-blown yeah, HIV? First, like? That's the first thing you laughed at. That must have been the first thing she wanted people to, to notice because she put that part in caps. Full-blown yeah. HIV. Didn't, didn't know that, you know, you had half-blown HIV. <laughs> didn't, know, didn't know that was a thing. I thought once you had HIV, you had HIV. 
Now, of course, we've yeah. all heard the term full-blown AIDS because HIV is basically the virus that causes AIDS. So once you mm-hmm. get AIDS, HIV becomes full-blown AIDS. But I've, I've never heard of full-blown HIV. All right. So we definitely both got a laugh out of that. But let's get into the ignorance of this this comment, first of all. Um, first thing, um, and, sh- and shout out to Brother Hank, Billy Bage, who was basically questioning in our chat, like, what does this woman think goes on on a basketball court? Um, because that's the first part of the ignorance here. I see a lot of people making that that kind of comparison. Um, shout out to a, a former guest on the War Room podcast um, who's now running for office in the state of Maryland, um, former MMA fighter Kyle Sefcik, who asked a similar type of question on – it wasn't about – Kyrie, but it was about the vaccine in general. But he asked a similar question on social media the other day saying, well, why isn't there free treatments for cancer and all of that kind of stuff if, if you know, we have free vaccines for this, you know, for COVID-19? I don't understand why folks don't understand the difference. Like, this is an airborne disease. Um, that's killed 700,000 people in a little bit of time. Um, Cancer is not airborne. AIDS is not airborne. Like like, like Hank said, Jim, I don't know what she thinks they do on a basketball court. Like, is sex going to break out in the middle of the game? Um, As to why there's a difference between allowing somebody to play with HIV or allowing somebody to put people in danger by being unvaccinated for an airborne pandemic. Like, can you explain, Jim, do you understand why these people can't make that distinction? Um, they don't want to, right? Yeah, they're, 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 just, they're just picking and choosing whatever straw man argument they want to have um, to kind of, like, make their point. They're not stupid. Like, but some of, these folks are, some of these folks are stupid, and some of them are just, like, looking for whatever straw man argument they can find without really thinking it through because, you know, it's just ridiculous, man. It's just ridiculous. (laughs) Right. It's like the comparisons are are very wild. And then being somebody who's, you know, running for office, the second part of the ignorance is, is like you don't even do your research on why things are the way they are because people are giving the NBA and and the Brooklyn Nets all of this backlash Kyrie cannot play because of the city of New York, because of mandates in the city where, you know, you can't have people in these arenas and mass gathering places are unvaccinated. So it's not a rule that Brooklyn made. Brooklyn just came out recently and said, okay, until he gets this whole thing resolved, then, you know, we're going to have to step away because I think Kyrie was under the impression, okay, that law is not in every state. So I can't play home games, but I can go on the road to places where this is not a mandate. And Brooklyn is like, okay, this is kind of a distraction. And you can, you can understand why, if you know anything about sports, like chemistry is a big thing. So, you know, half of the season, you're going to have 
a whole different starting lineup, a whole different rotation, and then another half of the season, um, you're gonna have Kyrie just show up and meet y'all on the road and just and just play games like that's that's weird. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not judging Kyrie if this is the a decision that he wants to make for himself and his family. That's all well and good. I just don't understand the backlash that the Nets and the NBA are getting for his decision um, because of laws in their city and in their state. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, right? Again, this goes to power, right? So my my whole thing with that situation is this, right? Um, he has the right to do whatever he wants to do, and I'm I'm, right. I'm not going to begrudge him for doing that. But you also got to deal with the consequences of that, right? The same thing I said about Kaepernick. Like, you, you have a right to do anything you want to do. I'm all about individual freedoms. But at the same time, if the if the if the organization or whatever says, hey, well, you can't play, you can't do anything. I mean, that's what it is. We don't control or own anything. This always comes back to control and ownership and what kind of power we have, right? So. Right. As long as we're in their league, they get to make the rules. It is what it is. Like we want to cry and, and and ask them to take care of us and do right by us. We want we want this thing. For some reason we still think things should be fair. I one day we want to wake up and realize that things ain't fair. So either we're gonna do something about things not being fair or continue Never to work. go through the same cycle. Never yeah, work. Like, so what are we doing here? And again, I'm not. I mean, but what? Career, but at I'm this not, point, I'm not Stephen at this A. Point, I don't even think there's anything that we can do about things being fair. We just gotta go. We just gotta go around that. We gotta work around that. Like you said, we gotta own something. <laughs> yeah, because, fair. Like, yo, you I'm gotta not, make I'm your. I'm not on the um, Stephen A. ish because, like, Stephen A., like, that sounds mad personal as far as, like, what he's doing. I know they're looking for things to talk about because I guess yeah. it's probably been ratings goal with him berating everybody, disrespecting Kyrie, but he's been calling about personal names. I'm like, yo, you are, you're doing too much. Um, yeah. That man got the right to do whatever he want to do. And guess what? The Nets got the right to do whatever they want to do because that's their team. <laughs> Skyview in the chat room, he, he's saying Kyrie likes drama, though. That's for Kyrie. And then they said he said he talked about how the Nets rescinded his extension offer. Um, but you get, but I mean, even that kind of stuff you kind of understand because if you even go beyond this whole vaccination situation, Kyrie all something going on. Like Kyrie just took hiatus from the team last season, didn't say anything to anybody, didn't say why. Um, he just took some time off. And if Kyrie wants to do that, and you know when he's in places that allow him to get away with that kind of stuff, then more power to you. Do what you got to do. But when people start firing back with, you know, the rules of their organization, like you said, then we can't really get mad at that because we don't own anything. And that's what we've been preaching no. for like 11 years. When we say what we want to say, and people are like, oh, y'all, y'all bugging, but we own this. <laughs> but it's kind of we own this. Because my thing, my thing about the consistency in it is, if Kyrie is allowed to do that and they allow him to do that and he's flexing his power, guess what? They got to deal with that. But now when they flex back, it is what it is, man. Yeah. You know uh, I mean? Casey Mack like, in the chat says um, this time last year Kyrie was talking about starting their own league. And he definitely was, but he can't get none of these dudes to go with him. And he's not going to be able to do that on his own. And like, like if the top – 20 earners in the NBA wanted to flex and do something like that, there would be a chance. There would be a chance. 
But you're not going to get any of these dudes to do this because they like the cushy positions that they're in. Um, I mean, Absolutely. come on. You're playing they a kid game. A lot of them making $30 million a, a year to do that. <laughs> Yo, because here's the thing, right? Running your own stuff takes a lot of work and organization, right? And, and the fact of the matter is, it's easier to make 30 M's and show up as an employee, but... And just show up and play. When Brown retired, just want to play. When, when Brown retired, he's going to do it. And he, they ain't going to realize that Brown was waiting until yeah. he retired so he could suck up as much as possible from the NBA pause and then oh, do it. it def- like, you know what I'm saying? He definitely will. And when he does it, though, he's going to guilt the people that's in the NBA to, to ride with him like he did it. Like, yeah. you know, something that he wouldn't do while he was in there. But it's going to work because Brown is going to be that powerful. The thing about this is it's weird to me um, to see how the right wing folks are just like jumping on the Kyrie bandwagon. He's their new hero. He's almost like the Dallas Mavericks. When the Dallas Mavericks got a couple white players, he jumped on the Dallas Mavericks. It's like the Maga squad. Kyrie is the right. Mavericks boy now. But that, that, that's, hilarious. That, that's hilarious to me, um, considering how left wing he is on most of his uh, political thought. Um, right. That, that, part, shows you that, also, just showed, that also shows you the ignorance of America, Jim. If they can jump on something and use you, and that's why Kyrie needs to, you know, not for the, the health reasons or whatever reasons, but he needs to reconsider some of the stuff he's saying because he's saying stuff like like he's anointed himself the voice for the voiceless. And that's the part that I do understand. Some people yeah, are like, a lot, okay, a lot, dude, a lot come with if that, you, bro. Like, yeah, right, I don't, I don't right. know why you said that. Right. Like a lot of people who are criticizing him are saying, okay, if you're saying this is the decision you want to make for yourself and your family, that's fine. A lot of people can't argue with that. But when you start saying that you're the voice of the voiceless, that's when it takes on a whole new, you know what I'm saying? That's a whole whole new monster. That's a whole new level of responsibility that you're anointing on to yourself, and you don't really have to do that. So now that you're saying that, you have a contingent of the population jumping on board with you that you didn't even mean to represent. You weren't meaning to represent the people that you represented. They don't even like you in anything else other than this. But I'm not so, gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I also I also like enjoy watching how upset this makes some people. Like <laughs> like it just makes it makes some people so upset when you see somebody like specifically a black man to say FOH to like the status quo. It pisses so many people off. I'm not gonna lie And it all turns political. Lie. It all turns political. Yeah, too. I can't lie. Because he be pissing off some, listen, some of these Jacobians, they do not like to see a black <laughs> man just like decide for whatever, whatever, whether, you know. Until, wrong, until, until he was saying FOH about the vaccine that they don't want to take. Yo, <laughs> that, it's it's funny sense. how that works because they absolutely hate Kyrie any other time he stands up for something. But but now. So the, know, amount, they're, they're the, amount, the amount of pure. I guess the, what I'm trying to say is the amount of pure uh, emotions that this is invoking on people is comical to me. Right. This is definitely comical to me. Like for me, like the only people – like Kyrie got to deal with his buddies. Like he and Kevin Durant teamed up to do this in Brooklyn. Like I wonder how KD feels at times. You know he and um, Harden are going to say the right things. They're not going to disparage Kyrie in public. I wonder what they mm-hmm. say behind his back. I wonder what they actually say to him. But other than that, like, who is he hurting by him sitting out and missing out on his 30 M's? Like, okay. Like, okay, if the mandate in New York is you have to be vaccinated to be in these arenas, and that count, that, that's for the fans as well, if that's what it is and he's not going to do it, 
that means he's not going to be there. So he's not going to be putting anybody in jeopardy yeah. because he's not allowed to be there. And mm-hmm. he's missing out on the money. So really, I don't understand, like you said, I don't understand why this is so emotional for everybody else because people are like, he's so selfish. He's putting people in jeopardy. No, he's not because he's not allowed to go. <laughs> he's not allowed to go. Case closed. Yo, on a, Unless on a you're a Nets fan, there's nothing to be mad at. <laughs> I ain't no Nets fan. Fuck him. <laughs> on a sports related on a sports related way, this is interesting to me because a lot of times when you look in the history books and we see the champions year after year, this is the context that's missing a lot of times. Right? And I realized that from reading and... Wilt's book. Yeah, mm-hmm. I realized that from reading Wilt's book because if I just like listen to what people say about Russell, he just dominated and ran through it. But when they were breaking down the specific seasons and they were talking about the injuries and people being out for various reasons, it was like, Well damn he never right. had his full squad. Even right. though he was overmatched anyway, he still never had his full squad. So, you know, it, it, it's just uh, – And that's know, what we always talk that, about that, though, Jim, on here. We always talk about the context of these historical events because whatever happened, you know, 30 years from now, people are going to know less of the details and they're just going to know who won and then it's going to look dominant. But, you know <laughs> – when, I'm not you know, a lot of teams when we talk about them, we're not going like like when Toronto, we we're gonna talk about how great Mute was, but we're not gonna talk about how the the Red Sea parted in that year with Toronto for them to be able to win. Um, yeah, it would have been like you said, it would have been the same for the for the Sixers had they won that game seven. It might be them, you know, and and I and I'd be happy for people to forget about the context, but I wouldn't care. Still that, won. That, that's the part. That's, that's the part of how. <laughs> how this sports thing works out. It's just interesting to see it happen in real time. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's just, to see it happen in real time is actually very interesting. All right, but so we'll we'll see what happens with Kyrie and him out here making everybody so upset. But he has a whole new um, – he has a whole new portion of fans right now, people who probably hated his guts last month. Um, the ben Simmons. <laughs> ben Simmons, the – Reported to the 76ers pretty much unannounced. They did start talking with Rich Paul, and they did, you know, think that later in the week, probably around now or Friday, that he would end up coming to Philly and reporting to the team. Uh, ben Simmons just showed up at the Wells Fargo Center while the the 76ers were playing the Brooklyn Nets, the aforementioned Brooklyn Nets, in a preseason game prior to tip. You know, your man come walking to the building, and they didn't even expect him. They didn't know he was coming until Elton Brand received a text saying, yo, Ben Simmons is out here at the door, and he needs access to the facility so he can come in and take his COVID test and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was funny, though, that they, they, they text Elton Brand. I was like, well, we don't even hear about Elton anymore. He doesn't seem important in that organization, but – when you think about it, it actually makes sense because at this point, Elton Brand is probably the doorman, so they had to call him to tell him to buzz somebody in and sign somebody in. He likes security now. Um, what were your thoughts um, when he came? I mean, because we started to hear the reports, but him just popping up, yeah. what now? Is this, he going to play? Is, is he going to fake that injury? I, I don't know how you – I don't know how you repair this, bro. I think I think he's going like uh, party feels like all right. He's just going to fake an injury. He just tired of missing that chicken. Like I don't know how you repair that with things that were said on both sides. Um, now they can or, do it. Or I mean, has or has him. Rich Paul convinced him 
like, all right, we got to play because that's the only way we're going to get your trade value back up. You got to go show them yeah. this new jump shot. And the Sixers might be salty because he might start the season, be stroking that new jump shot, <laughs> but still, like, y'all got to trade me. And then, mm-hmm. and you know, it is what it is. <laughs> They're going to be, you know, they're going to have to trade him while he's probably playing his best offensive basketball of his life. Knowing our city, Jim, like that's how it's going to go down. But is there any chance to repair this relationship? Um, I would never say never because here's the one thing I do know about the fans. As crazy as the fans are, as rowdy as the fans are, if you give effort, they'll forgive anything. Hmm. They'll literally forgive anything. They'll forgive Ben, and Ben went as far as any athlete is probably going in terms of pissing the city off. But I believe that if Ben played hard, yeah, he might have gone as far as down could possibly go. Yeah, but I still believe that the way these fans are, all they care about is effort and winning. Sixers start rolling together hmm. some wins, and Ben is out there shooting the shot, and he's doing his thing. I think the, the fans will actually <laughs> do their best to show him love. They'll, they'll completely How many times, Jim, does he have to dive over the front row of patrons? to save a ball for the fans to he stop booing. got to do that minimum, a minimum of six times he got to do that. That's and if that, Kyrie that, ain't that, there, that, that you know, they're going to be competing with the Nets better than anybody expected. You know, it could be a happy end into this, but I really do think Bull's at the end of his rope, though. I think he's either coming to go ahead and fake that injury so he can still get his money or, or you know what I'm saying, it might be a situation where he's just going to play his way to, to to higher trade value while maybe quietly still demanding that trade. Like, it has to be Here's a contest. Like, after all the stuff he said, it seems difficult for him to walk into this building, hug everybody, act like nothing happened, just jump on the court and go. Something inside of me, even though this boy really acted real kitty cat over the last few months, something inside of me wants that to be the ending. But I just don't see it, man. Too much has happened. Man, I guess the only thing I'll say, <laughs> excuse me, is that if Giannis jump shot is as real as the internet's making it seem, everybody playing for second place. Because <laughs> um, I was on Twitter that's... and Instagram today, and they was like, yo, Giannis been working all season on this uh, jump shot. And they like, of course, when someone puts a highlight with a real together, they show you, uh, you know, the highlights. That's exactly what it is. But he's out here looking like Ray Allen right now. Like, if he added that. Right, it's gonna be scary. He had a dad. We all playing like everybody playing for second place at that point. Yo, Skyview in the chat room called him Ben Costanza, and if you know, you know. <laughs> if you're a Seinfeld fan, you know yeah, exactly what he's talking about. Call. You know exactly the episode that he's talking about. That is damn sure uh, what this seems like. Um, you know, if he comes in and just tries to let bygones be bygones, this is definitely a Costanza moment. Um, Scott, you also said Maxie is showing what a true PG is made of, though. Scott, I love Maxie, man, but I, I really think you eat Maxie a little more than he's earned. Um, <laughs> we've talked about this before. Like, Maxie is a nice young baller, but Scott, you be acting like Maxie is, is Gary Payton out here or somebody. Like, I'm like, what are you seeing? Scott, you find his people what he likes. He rocks for him. Exactly. Last year was Aguilar. And I ain't even gonna disrespect Maxie like that because Maxie is not Aguilar. I mean, well, we don't really know that yet because Aguilar did ball for one season, that Super Bowl season, and then went back to being Aguilar. So, you know, we'll see. I really love Maxie being on the team. I'm not ready to sit here and say, okay, 
if Ben sat out and they allowed Ben to sit out without a trade, without getting anything in return for him, if they were just going to call his bluff on all of this, I'm not ready to say that the Sixers are going to be as successful as they were even last season with a young Maxi running the point guard. He's good. Don't get me wrong. But they're even at a point right now without Ben, they haven't decided if they were going to go with Maxi or Shake Milton at the point guard. So Maxi can't be but so great at the current moment if he can't definitively take a point guard position away from Shake Milton, who doesn't dribble better than my son. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you a little bit, Kevin. Maxi's a young baller, man. But I really like Maxi right now as being our backup point guard. That makes us a stronger team with this young dude coming off the bench. If we got to throw Maxi into the starting lineup, eh, I don't really know about that, man. Don't really know about that. So um, another, another interesting saga, Jim, man. We'll see how this all plays out, man. But I really can't see how you, how you come back from this. And before we get to the, to the um, phone lines, we're just going to give our stat of the week, man. Our stat of the week, um, and shout out to Phil Matic of uh, the Tissue and the Tape Hip Hop Podcast. Uh, this, this stat came from him. He told us during the week that 40 um, NFL teams that score 40-plus points and have zero turnovers in a game were 463-0. This past Sunday, the Cleveland Browns were the first-ever team to lose while achieving these benchmarks. So this is just more proof that as much talent as they get, as good as they get as a team, the Cleveland Browns will always find a way to brown it up, some some way, form, or fashion. Forty plus points, Jim. Zero turnovers, and they still lose the game. If that ain't the most brown thing you ever heard, <laughs> snake bit, <Incredible>, man. <laughs> they will find a way, man. The Browns may very well, and I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say I, the Browns may very well have the best team. In the NFL, on paper. <laughs> Listen, man. But if they would have gave on paper. all that stadium and he wouldn't have left, then you know they got cursed from that day forward. The curse, definitely. So, um, yeah. Shout out to the Browns making the stat of the week in a bad way, and shout out to Phil Matic, uh, for for getting that stat to us. All right, we're gonna go to the phone lines real quick because we got the homie, uh, Tobias holding on the line from Arizona. Tobias, roll damn tide. Bam ass tide. Man, fuck that trash ass team. I told you the coordinator sucked. I told you that D coordinator, Bill O'Brien. First thing about Bill O'Brien. It's a see why Tom Brady cussed his why, ass why out those years ago. Ho, 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 ho. Why is always the coordinator, not the head coach? Hey, David hired these bombs. He need to fire these bombs. But as I was saying, I see why Tom Brady cut Bill O'Brien's ass out a couple of years ago. Goodness. You're on a three-yard line. They can't stop the run, and you keep and you keep throwing. And we lost to something named Zach Calzada, who sucked all year long. And this, I told y'all this deal was trash also. I don't like if you can't get home with the blitz, why you keep blitzing and giving a trash quarterback easy read? You got linebackers who won't meet the running back in the hole. He is looking at them and arm tackling them like, good luck. You got cornerbacks. We got this one named Josh Jones. Every game this year, he got two pass interference calls. 
And the last play of the game where they threw that ball up for luck, all the cornerback had to do was turn his head. He would have had a pick, and that would have been no no uh, no field goal. So I was like, hey, Texas A&M won that night. Glad I didn't go to the game because I was going to be a buddy of mine in Houston to drive out there. Glad I didn't. And that was one good piece of footage. When they stormed the field, this white girl got a little too close to saving the police, laid her ass out. I'm like, good, good, good. <laughs> Yo, did you see how her phone popped like 12 feet up in yeah. the air when they hit her? She fumbled like a mother. Yo, that was one of the worst fumbles I've ever seen, man. The ball, the, yeah. ball, the phone popped like 12 feet up in the air. Jim, you got to get yeah. in, the, um, in the show chat room with <laughs> with Neil and Skyview. Hey, I like Fred. Well, little draw, I'm still calling in. I ain't heard from Fred Purdue in ages by now. Ever since Tom Brady left. LeBron left the Miami Heat. I ain't heard from Fred, but uh, about the Miami Heat. Well, but uh, Fred, Fred got his he got his bandwagons that he jumped on this week. He was screaming yeah. about the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> Come on, Kyle. Now you messing with Fred? Yeah. Jimmy Butler's on the Heat. Hot damn! This is third year now, Fred. He's but, uh, about the Red Sox. But, today, today, me and Fred was going back and forth about uh, Sean Taylor because uh, Washington's retiring his number. Fred said, "About time. Nobody should ever wear that number again." I'm like. Come on, man. Bro. This is that time, though, because, you know, always the anniversary of Sean Taylor's death. This is when Miami <laughs> fans and Washington fans act like Sean Taylor. Rest his soul. Rest in peace. They act like he was the best safety to ever put on a football uniform. And it, it, it's, it gets kind of disgusting. We know the talent that he had. But he wasn't even in the league long enough to realize all of his talents. Yeah. But, you know, he when was, people die, so and we, you know, their legend grows all crazy-like. And, you know, now you know Sean Taylor is the greatest to ever do it. Like, I ain't going to lie. Sorry to break this to you, Fred. They retired this number as a gesture to calm down the colors. This is deflection because they're, they were embroiled in the, the Gruden tweet wars. You know, this is deflection because all of this type of stuff will have everybody bringing back up how – They've basically been, you know, they, they've been known as a slur for the past nine <laughs> decades or so. Like, like we, this is, y'all ain't slick, man. Yeah, they not slick at all. Like, Sean Taylor was very good at the time of his passing. He was actually on the ascent because a young Sean Taylor, because he was so talented, you know, he was actually double-moved Danny sometimes. He was easy to beat because his athleticism had him thinking he could do stuff that he couldn't do. Some some of the stuff he did once in a while. Like, I'm in the front, like, Sean Taylor didn't do some amazing stuff on the field. And he'd definitely clean your clock, you know, if you're running the ball lackadaisically near the dude. But, you know, seriously. Could have given him, like, yeah, he was so young in his career, so he never got a hit his prime and wore it all seen. a click. Like, come on, man, calm down. Calm down with that. Yeah, because he, he never hit his prime. And so he never, he never, he never had a chance for it to come to all together. But, that's, but yeah. that's what happens, though. When that happens, Tobias, is, you know, your fans are able to just – they're able to go on and, and just talk about what they think you would have been, and then your legend grows, and, 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 and we're here. Like, shout out to the, to the, to the legend in such a short time, Nipsey Hussle. Same, same kind of thing happened with him. Like, Nipsey died, and a whole bunch of people who ain't never heard of Nipsey Bar in their life went back 
and you look at things, they look at things in a different way because the person isn't here. They become better than anybody ever thought they were, and all of a sudden they're legendary. Nipsey was more legendary for the stuff he did in the community than mm-hmm. what he did with the mic. But there's so many I lists mean, that go, out there. Look, there's so that many goes, lists. That goes to show that people are taken for granted. Like, and a lot of times right. they may not hear no more. You realize, like, damn, they ain't here no more. So now i got to consume everything because they're gone. I also want to say y'all bugging in the chat room. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I know one thing though. Uh, y'all was talking about uh, first this whole uh, John Gruden thing. So I ain't going online, but I did watch that closer, and all these folks missed the point where Dave was talking about his late friend, who he put on, who was transgender, and uh, and people are, we joke with each other all the time, all races. I'm like, this everybody get it? Long, I don't mind a black joke, long as it's a good black joke. Family Guy <laughs> has some good ones, but make me laugh. Probably John Gruden. Here's the problem with John Gruden, guys. When they told, when they made the racist comments about Demarius Smith, uh, they won't let that ride out. You mm-hmm. had black folks come, Tony Dungy, Mike Tirico said, "Well, I ain't never been racist. Me, there's a racist on his body. You dumbass. He wasn't gonna be racist in front of you. Right? <laughs> be that's why. That's why we found what we found in his emails yeah. to his white counterparts." Like, he's not going to say it to you. He's not even going to say it to DeMar Smith. <laughs> yeah, and here's the better part. Has anyone watched any gay people? The LGBTQIA, hope I got it right because I ain't trying to get y'all show canceled. Uh, I apologize <laughs> in advance if I butchered it. Uh, has any of them toe tap? Like, well, I've never heard John Gruden never say anything homophobic in my life, transphobic in my right. life. He's they a tough man. They don't do you that. They, no, they, 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 coming they, for, they coming they, for they you. They stay on code. They go hard. This could be the first yeah, thing they, they heard you say all quiet. your life. Right. They coming for your neck. But that's the thing, though. Even if we come at his neck, even if Dungy and all of those dudes said something different, it still wouldn't have made a difference. It wouldn't have made a nah, difference. Still we ain't got enough power. Nobody take us seriously. <laughs> but, but the part of our power, part of the problem is, our most prominent be the first dance to tap dance like he was on um, to tap dance and stuff and fuck dance and, and cower instead of standing on his square. Because that's the opportunity to say, hey, look, you know, that was wrong. He's, you know, what, all that stuff. They don't even say they're wrong. They're just like, well, he was a good man, nice to me. Most, what they don't, that's how you know a lot of black folks don't understand racism, white supremacy. A lot of your races are actually very nice to you. This ain't 1965 civil rights movement on the Edmund Pettus Bridge where they're holding you down and taking dogs on you. Most of them are very nice to you. Like, contrary to, you know, what's put out there the most, most slave owners were nice to their slaves. But it didn't, it didn't, like, change the fact that he owned you. Like, you were, you might have went too far. You might have went too far with that one, yo. Maybe not most. You might have went too far with that one. Maybe not most, but Master Reynolds was definitely nice to his. <laughs> this boy said roots. nice to him. Yo, they were straight raping Dude. him and, and locking him in cages, but they was nice, huh? <laughs> well, they only got I, mad, I they only got I, mad I when the kids in Mexico got put in cages. But uh, I gotta get over it. But anyway. But, but, but that's, that's why, but Jim, even to that point, that's why you have like the dungeons in them. Because you have a part of the plantation, you got a couple of, uh, you know, women that he might want to get at. And a couple of families he want to break up, but then you got some people over here 
up in the house that he's nice to because they're serving the food and all that. So when it happens to them out there, those other slaves are going to be the ones like, well, master's nice to me. He never said anything bad to me. He let me stay in the house and yeah, all but, that yeah, kind but, of stuff. Yeah, so you're going to get that doing with a horse all the time. That's them trying to. That's them not trying to suffer no more trauma. The thing about Tony Dungy is, Tony Dungy is like, and I think Hank said this. Tony Dungy is the closest person you'll find to Jesus himself. Like, Tony yeah. Dungy is uber Christian. Like, yeah. the crazy part about it is, like, his, Tony his, his go at your neck. Whoa. Yo, know, his his biography is probably one of the greatest sports books that I've ever read. But outside of the fact that he got like towards the end, he just started like basically preaching at you. Like his when he's like you know. He really believes, and he ain't going to say nothing bad about nobody. Like, he'll find a way to find a positive in anything. So, like, that's not shocking at all. You know what I'm saying? Also, he might have said that if the comments were about Tony Dungy. He, you know, he'll say something positive about Trump. He, he might have said Tony Dungy got lips like the Michelin Man, and Tony would have been like, well, he's not racist, you know. He just, <laughs> Tony would Tony would have said Adolf Hitler was a nice was nice to him. That's what he would have. That's how he is. But um, yo, you guys like I know you guys talk about Kyrie also. I saw that all the MAGA folks out there, even your boy Clay Travis, who actually says he's a Democrat. Keep that in mind, black folks. He says he's a Democrat, but he still has a MAGA mentality. Hate hate to break that to y'all, Roland Martin. But um, but Kyrie has the right to not take a vaccine. But the but the NBA, the Nets have to go by those state of New York guidelines, and they're a private say, business. Yeah. New York so has a right to make their guidelines. Yeah. He got he got two choices. He got a couple of choices: take the vaccine, not play, or move. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah, what's funny? But, what's funny? What's funny is how people are like trying to make the comparison to Ali. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard ever. Ali went to prison. Yeah, yeah. Not, no, not but you, you know what? Like, you, not even uh, Donald Trump Jr. said Ky- Kyrie is um, pretty much risk way more than Colin Kaepernick ever did. And that's Jamel Hill actually replied to that. Like, Kyrie, after seeing the type of support you're getting, man, you need to go ahead and just take that vaccination. Oh, <laughs> you need oh, to take that but, vaccine. Because you got the but wrong you know, the people. The part that people miss about – you see, well, white supremacy yeah. is like I white and I say so. And I go shout out to Tariq for that one. I give him credit for that 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 line. Colin Kaepernick was in the last year of his deal. That was it. He had no getter. He had no no contract left. He did that. Kyrie had made ninety plus million, and he has another year on this top of his year here. And teams may still throw money at him anyway because of the NBA. And like Jimmy would say, a lot of these owners don't know what the hell they're doing because I would never get him a max deal because I can't depend on him. And but he ha- but here's the thing that you people got to look at also. KD and James Harden had to be okay with this also. KD and James yeah, Harden is like, hey, look, I ain't got time for this. He cool and all, but I got I got to win the game. I don't have because people got to realize both of them are with thirty. KD had a torn Achilles. He may not have many more years as being as elite guy. Now that right. injury will mess you hey, up long term. And, and because of Kyrie, he might not have any more years being able to play with Harden. Harden might get up out of here. Like, you know, yeah. Harden may come say here because we had our me. big three and we was going to make a run at it. But it's going to be much Harden more heavy there, so, Harden went there solely to win a championship. And mm-hmm. they were the favorites. 
And a lot of people, like you see in these industries, they're not infringing on your freedoms. You have a choice. But they have, the company has a choice as well, like these airline pilots. I'm sorry, Southwest, Delta, these other ones ain't risking a lawsuit because you don't want to take a vaccine, even though most pilots were in the military. And as a military vet, I don't know what the hell they stuck up my arm over the years I was in, but you had to do it. <laughs> yeah, I never heard of typhoid. Typhoid been eradicated 100 years. We still take that vaccine for it. Well, so, y'all be going, y'all be going into them them areas though where that shit still might be prevalent. <laughs> so we had to take a smallpox yeah. vaccine. Mm-hmm. And it was still, it's still out you there. Know, it's funny, that's the funny thing about it. With Tobias the, probably got a scarlet fever it. vaccine. <laughs> I don't even Yo, know. Who's you know I do. About it with the whole, uh, <laughs> with the whole Ali connection. Do y'all know that Muhammad Ali once did a, um, a commercial encouraging people to get vaccine shots? No, Yo, definitely. I found not. it on YouTube. Yeah, I found it on YouTube, and I was dying. Like, he really got a commercial. Like, go get your shot. You got to follow the law and get your vaccine shot. I'm sitting there laughing like, yo, this will blow a lot of people's bubbles because people were talking about Ali will be proud of you. Um, Ali was out here telling right. folks to get a vaccine. <laughs> what are you talking about? Pretty much. You see, what happens is in life, they know. See, people think Donald Trump and all these white supremacists are stupid. No, they're smart. They know y'all, not y'all per se, y'all out there don't read past the headline. Y'all out there don't do research. Y'all say we're going to do independent research on a vaccine. Y'all don't even read past the headline on the article they post on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mean to tell me you don't trust your doctor? But yet you trust your doctor when you gave birth? You trust your doctor when your baby got a vaccine or vaccine they came out the womb? Or better yet, when you had no surgeries, Kyrie, you trust the science then, didn't you? Or when you threaten Yo. to have knee surgery, they didn't train you. You trust the medicine in. Yo, my guy, my guy Wiggins, they told Wiggins he wasn't getting paid. Wiggins made his way right to the doctor. Like, I'm all right, I'm cool. <laughs> hey. an appointment for tomorrow. I have an epiphany. <laughs> I have seen the light. I am delivered. That was, that was Wiggins. Did, Wiggins my guy Wiggins, my guy Wiggins said, research done. I finished, my Wik- I finished reading the Wikipedia page. Give me both shots <laughs> yeah. right now. But you know the crazy part about Kyrie? This is what messes him up also. He's just like, give me one for breakfast and I'll be back after lunch. <laughs> yeah, and I think Kyrie is like 30 now and he's injury prone. The Nets, didn't even, the Nets aren't even negotiating the extension with him. Yeah. Uh, and, and Philly was like, screw it. We'd rather deal with Ben Simmons than Kyrie. Because people don't realize, Kyrie, if you trade for him, his deal is up. you got to get him a $200 million extension. Yo, I, mean, I, I mean, but truthfully, that would be the only reason the Sixers would go ahead with that deal, though, because they're going to have that cap space at the end of the day. It's not a hard. Go sign somebody else. It's not hard because he loves Maury. Harden and Maury. Completely, you know gut, completely, yeah, completely gut the net. Take Kyrie this year and then get Harden next year. I might, If I'm them, I might do that. If Ben still want to roll. Get back on the phone with the Nets. Make that trade. We might, you know, I mean, it might be another year sacrificed out of Joel Embiid's prime because Kyrie, you know, probably oh, not no. going to play. Kyrie might, Kyrie might come in ball. Yeah. Kyrie might. But, yeah, but it might be the same thing with him. I mean, Philly don't have that mandate right now for arenas and stuff, do they? Nah. No, they don't. So let Kyrie, uh, let so Kyrie right now it's like the Knicks. It it's like uh, California. So, I don't know if it's the whole California or if it's just – I know Golden State has it, like where they play in the Bay Area. They have it. 
so he wouldn't be able to play against them. Um, he wouldn't be able to if he came to Philly. He wouldn't be able to, be, to play against Brooklyn. So, so I don't know. I don't know. But either way, yeah. you can't trust Kyrie enough to for that extension. So if you make that trade, it's only because you know it's an expiring contract. Man, you don't have a Kyrie, ton of money Kyrie on your books Philly, next year to get hard. Kyrie come to Philly and, and, and get in line with this conscious community here. They're gonna have Kyrie doing all kinds of craziness, man. Umar, baby. You know Kyrie out here. You know Kyrie out here trying to search for himself, man. You know, you know Umar living in Philly. Kyrie might come hey. and start hanging out with Umar. Oh, hey, y'all know what <laughs> happens. Kyrie gonna be on his Instagram live for donations, donations, gifts, gifts. <laughs> no, but you know what? <laughs> if Kyrie came to Philly, Umar's school getting built because Umar gonna be here. And Kyrie gonna write that check, Umar. and then you're gonna have the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy. <laughs> Frederick Douglass, Marcus Garvey, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> hey, the school still ain't built, but Umar got another wife. You know what's going to happen. But, you know, but I don't like how folks are jumping on Kyrie about this. He made a choice. And, uh, yeah. and the Nets did the right thing, saying just don't play, period. Because it would be a distraction. Now they just ask all the Yo, questions and I'll get over with. I'm not jumping on him. He has stop, a decision. He made a choice. Obviously, it's just the Bay, San Francisco. So it's not okay, San Francisco other LA. Okay. Hey, let's, if they let's so be honest, guys. Not even just the Bay. He's saying San Francisco only. So if they would have stayed in Oakland, they would have been cool. <laughs> Wiggins would have been cool. Hey, <laughs> but Oakland wouldn't, let's Oakland be honest, wouldn't give guys. money for that arena. It, so. If that was the whole state of California, Brown had all of them lined up for them shots. He ain't right. messing up his last shot for a title. Did y'all hear he that people wall. are a little upset with Bron, too, because he's not publicly, you know, trying to encourage people to get he should. the vaccine. He yeah. shouldn't. It's your choice. It's like, for example, no, but I know you what have I, what kids, I heard, yeah. though, They were like, you know, LeBron, you know, wants to be an activist until it's something that's really serious. I'm, I'm just telling y'all what I was hearing yesterday. Uh, and I was like, Okay, I mean, but even even though you know, even if you deem yourself an activist, you can be an activist for what you want to be an activist about. Though you can't pick and choose for them, you know what to to what to activate the community on. So I don't, I didn't really you know, get because, that. For example, right? I care. I fight for black issues. Even like with the Washington football team changing, I'm not Native American. I'm not fighting for that. Hey, we ain't getting none of casinos with them. But anyway, I, I fight. You know, I mean, I would, I I speak my opinion on it. But like you said, yeah, I ain't joining no fight. I ain't going to no marches. Yeah. I ain't, you know and, what I mean? Uh, it's whatever. And this COVID is not a political issue. It's a public health issue because anyone knows if you well, go to they, the hospital, they, they it, ain't they asking you Democrat Republican. They're asking your health. You got your health insurance card or not? That's what they ask you. They don't care who you voted for. And and it's like you ha- if you have a choice. LeBron doing it right, you have a choice. It's like I know you have kids there. If, if you chose to vaccinate your kids, they couldn't go to school and they'd be worrying you all day. <laughs> you know, but. <laughs> oh, they're they going to get it just for that. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Even yeah. if they were, if they were the first one, this is an experimental drug. Go ahead and get them so they can get up out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, and you have a choice. And that's, that's always been my thing. You have a choice. But See, I like, they got everything all, in them. Bella, like, hey, give them another. Yeah, yeah. People talk about this information. I, I, listen, I thought I looked to an LSU doctor. Hey, hey Jim, you cut now. 
I don't know. You okay. you sound like you chopping up a little bit. I don't know if it's all. Can y'all hear me good? Yeah, I can hey, hear you I'll now. Say, I'll say this and I'll run then. Uh, there's an LSU doctor, I'm going a month ago on Twitter. They were developing a vaccine for the coronavirus for 13 years. Uh, said out her mouth. Now, I don't listen. I, that's the first time I ever listened to someone from LSU. But, hey, I listened <laughs> to her this time. Uh, but they've been developing this stuff. And so it's not – LeBron shouldn't be an activist for it because he, it's not a political issue. Not an issue. It is – if you, even, if you even don't want to take man, it, you like, got to do these mandates. Yo, our love of celebrity is crazy. Like, why do I care what LeBron thinks? Like, about – yo, they, 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 <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, and and Kyrie, <laughs> even if, and that's the thing. Like, I don't disparage Kyrie for making his own choice. Like, it's whatever. The only thing I may have a tiny issue with is when he tried to, you know, deem himself the voice for the voiceless. I'm like, all right, now you're stepping into territory that's unnecessary. Make the decision for yourself and your family. But I think, you know, in I an think, effort think, to not look selfish got because everybody's saying he's selfish. Yeah, he, he he's starting to talk this voice for the yo, don't be a voice for the voices. Make the decision that's right for you and your family. Enough people have but, a voice. <laughs> Social media gives everybody a damn voice. Yeah, you don't have the power I, I to think, change I anything because you're up. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> caught up in yeah, that I think love. he got caught, he got caught, caught up. up. I think he got caught up. All right, he got Tobias. caught up on his uh live with the with the side he's talking talking nice to him and he was like, I'm a voice for the mm-hmm. voices like he really mean that. <laughs> I don't know. It's that. Hey, you guys have a good one. And if by some right. chance we we lose in Mississippi State, I'm blocking all of y'all. Just let you know that. How about <laughs> and Jimmy how about, will be the first a, one I block? How about if by some chance your your Bucks lose to the Eagles tonight? <laughs> no, nah, what will happen is they won't blame Tom Brady. They'll blame everybody else. You know, funny thing about Brady, real quick. Skip Bayless loves talking about how, like, that Super Bowl, Bill Belichick, that Michael Butler, the one the Eagles won. Whoa, they talk, mm-hmm. I said, how come you never bring up the fact Brady fumbled at the end? <laughs> he got the ball That's at the end. No one brings that up. No matter what the GOAT did, man. It's irrelevant. All right, but, yeah. um, but hey, you, yeah. you got to have I mean, a good one, man. And you got to you you worry about me because I'm going to probably be just as mad as you because I got more bucks on my fantasy team than the Eagles, so I need y'all to roll tonight. <laughs> <laughs> already, I've already seen a Super Bowl. I ain't got no, I ain't got no dog in this fight. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, but you guys have a good one, fella. All right, we're we'll you next week. All right, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, before we get up out of chair, Jim, tell everybody what happened this week while they were on the grid. First off, I just want to send a shout-out to uh, Rob and uh, Callie, man. You know, hope everything is well, man. They didn't, didn't kill you off in the chat, but you know it is what it is. And I hope you all right here, brother. Um, See? <laughs> why you, Jimmy just invited him to call in. Rob about to call in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> why You On The Grind is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technology. AKA if I you and your missing. business need a custom website, get you a custom website. Hit up digitalextremetech.com. Or call 267-205-4203. But you got to say, yeah, heard it on the war room. That's how you get the special discount code. Yeah. Shout out to Digital Extreme Technologies. Uh, but let's talk about... He's not, joke, he not joking, though. He's not joking, though. The the like the yeah, verbal yeah, yeah, passcode when you call him, the verbal promo code is, yeah. <laughs> you don't do it. <laughs> Yo. Sorry for you. Class of 2022 prospect, Jet Howard, has committed to place for his father 
Juwan Howard at Michigan. Fucking name is on Jet Porter. Um, hey, uh, do your thing. I mean, like I, I was reading up on this, and, and Young Jet was saying, you know, this wasn't as easy a decision as everybody might think it is because my dad was there. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jawan Howard really supposedly had to get on his recruiting thing and, and, and woo do just like any other prospect. And from the other side, Jawan said the same thing. Like, he was telling his son, like, you know, let's do this. Like, I know your game better than anybody else, and we need you right now. But at the same time, he let his son know, like, you know, even though I know your game and I'm your dad, I would have recruited you anyway had you not been my son. So, you know, we'll see how this relationship works out, um, you know, when they're actually balling together at Michigan. So, shout out do you to think Jet it's a good thing or bad thing? Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing at that level? Like, do you think it might have benefited him not to play for his father? Um. I don't know. I mean, I think at this point, if he can ball, he can ball. But if it comes to a point where, you know, say if there's obviously better dudes on the team than him at his position and Jawan is still putting them out there, then that's going to be bad for his reputation. Right, but if he go out there and he performs like a four-star athlete, then he's not going to have anything to worry about. Because it's going all yeah, beyond. Yeah, anyway. he gonna call every last second shot for his boy. <laughs> right, he's just gonna tell him not to call no timeouts. Woo! Shout out to Yo, you. Yo, I see what you, you did you there. Know. Yo, Donald <laughs> Dillingham, father of Hoops prospect Rob Dillingham. Um, he issued a statement yeah. about his son's involvement with Donda Academy. There's been a lot of craziness going on with involving Donda Academy. I don't even know if there's Yo. an actual building yet. They don't have a coach <laughs> yet, but they treat. Of recruiting all across the country. Yo, it ain't no Donda, Marcus Garvey, Frederick Douglass, Kyrie Irving Academy for basketball. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but listen, I'm going to read this statement that was put out on his father's social media. After I read this, man, I want you to tell me if this sounds familiar. All right, it's kind of, it's kind of long, call that, but I'm going to uh, try to speed read it. Rob Dillingham is a five-star basketball prospect from Hickory, North Carolina. Rob is ranked number eight in the class of 2023. His team won the gold medal at the FIBA Games this summer while earning an MVP award and breaking the scoring and assist records. Rob's dad, I was not informed about the offer to attend Donda Academy. Neither Rob's mother, brother, or sister have communicated Rob's whereabouts to me. That tells me that you know, he and his mom aren't together. I have not seen or talked to him for three weeks. I have seen the trio in North Carolina, so I know that Robert is alone in, in Los Angeles, California. He's 16 years old and is traveling with a known convicted felon who has created a wedge between my son and myself, which has given the felon the opportunity to influence and manipulate Rob and his family with the promise of money. Kanye West School, Donda Academy, is not yet open, is not accredited, has about 60 students serving students from K to grade 12. Apparently, Rob was contacted by Kanye West and asked by Kanye to make a decision on the spot. Of course, Rob, with a 16-year-old mind, would say yes. Rob has also been been given weed by the felon who is profiting off of Rob's talent and ignorance by feeding them lies and keeping Rob away from me, his father. Then he's he's basically saying poor children are targeted by handlers with the lure of instant wealth. Is Kanye 
luring Rob Dillingham to L.A. to sell his new line of shoes? What was the pull for Rob to leave a perfect situation to move across the country to a school that's not even open? Robert has missed three weeks of school at Combine and could lose his eligibility to be a senior next school year. So basically, Boy is saying, you know, it's his goal to expose the con man that's preyed on Rob and manipulated him. Um, he wants his son. He even went as far as to file a missing person uh, report on him. Um, and he gave out his number for anybody that has any information on this. Like, yo, what does it sound like to you, Jim? I know what it sounds like I know to what me. You mean He's also from Chicago. Yo, this sounds like another Rob. Interestingly enough, like this sounds like one of those stories when the parents of a Robert Kelly victim would would call out and and say this kind of stuff about how their child is being held against their will and manipulated and and turned against them and all this kind of stuff. Now we're not. Or I'm not out here saying that Kanye West out here raping no babies or doing anything illegal, but it is easy to manipulate a 16-year-old. Like Kanye West call you and say, "Come play for my school." Like how many 16-year-olds are gonna say, "Nah"? Like how many are gonna say, "No, nah, my dad not gonna let me do that." Yeah, that's my dad. I'm going to play for Kanye. I'm gonna be rocking in these hoop Yeezys. Um, but like you said, like just like Umar's school, like this school really doesn't exist yet. I mean, there's plans. It's not, I guess it's not on some Bishop Sycamore, but Donda has not really come to fruition yet. And they already have like four or five top basketball pros- prospects signed up to play for this school. So what's really good here? Listen, like, what's man, going on? Power, the power of marketing, man. That's the world we live in. <laughs> Kanye, yeah, Kanye has the ability to, to to move folks, man. This is crazy, man. We find out people in Chicago all went to the kidnap game. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is trafficking insane, in Chicago. This is the same story. This is the same story, man. Because this also shows the power that he has. Like, if he put his power to you know to use for good, then he could probably do some things, man. I mean, what he should partner with Omar. Frederick go. Douglass, he, he Donda, Kanye. Fred- Marcus Garvey, Kanye Academy. Kyrie, Kyrie on the side. Saying, like, bring it all together. Name the gym after Kyrie. Get some of his money. There you go. There you go. We're making deals happen right here, man. That's a crazy story, man. We'll, we'll follow Cut up and see in. what happens there, man. Cut um, the check. Cut us in. Speaking of marketing, man, Big Baller brand is ready to come back to retail. They got the Jell-O Ball um, new design sneaks as Jell-O signs his new deal. Never lost. You know what I'm saying? So, Never yeah, I mean, this, this new, my first, they must have knew what it was. They knew Jello was the about to is, be in this league. Well, the thing is, though, well, Unk is moving off of the hoop shoes, you know, since his, his two his, his two big deal sons, you know, they were Nike and Puma, respectively. So he moved off of the hoop shoes and is doing more of a lifestyle brand with Jello designing shoes. You know, for a lifestyle brand, the shoes look okay. One of them look like an Adidas knockoff, like an Adidas superstar knockoff. Um, But just like they were the first time, Unk is charging between $6.95 and $8.95 for these shoes. And for people who aren't familiar with Big Baller brand, we are not talking about $6.95 or $8.95. We're not talking about Bobo prices out here. They are charging $695 to $895 
for Jello Ball Design lifestyle brand shoes. Do your thing, Unc, man. Just have some some inventory on, in stock so people ain't got to wait 16 months to get their pre-orders, man. That's all. Yeah, man. Congratulations, man. I hope it works out for you. After I win this right, fantasy so, league, man. I use my proceeds to get a pair of Jellos. <laughs> Let's talk about nepotism, man. Zaire Wade, who is the oh, hold up, Jim. Hold up, Jim. Because huh? Jim just said it, but I don't know if everybody out there knows. I know Skyview mentioned it in the chat room. Um, the, the 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 Charlotte Hornets have signed uh, Jello Ball. I don't have the specifics on this. I don't know what kind of deal it is. I don't know if it's one of those deals where he coming to the last week of camp and might get cut. I don't know if he's going to be with the G League affiliate, but Charlotte, who he played in the summer league with, has reached back out and has signed D'Angelo Ball. So shout out to yeah, he got signed Ball for Brothers. Never lost. One, one year, one year, $34,000 contract. But, yo, um, <laughs> yo Willie, Willie G, DJ Willie G in, the, in our chat. He said, congrats, congrats to Jello. Now MJ need to trade for Zoe. So Lamar can say, I told you so. <laughs> Never lost. Never lost. <laughs> Yo, man. Um, Zaire Wade, the son of NBA legend D-Wade, Dwayne Wade, um, signs with Utah's G League affiliate. What's interesting about this story is D-Wade is a minority owner in Utah Jazz. And, you know, I no problem with nepotism. You know what I'm saying? Shout right. to nepotism. That's funny, Jim, because like three out of the four stories of why people were on the Grizz Nye were kind of like nepotism-related stories. You had Jerron Howard giving his son a full ride at Michigan. <laughs> you got, uh, even though, you know, dude had offers from like Georgetown, NC State, you know, so it's not like he couldn't do something on his own. But, you know, you got Jerron Howard doing that. You, you got uh, Mello helping Jello get a spot in the league. And now you got Dwayne Wade trying to get his son on the radar. So, you know, we'll see. His son wasn't even a, a starter, nor did he play a lot of minutes at Sierra Canyon when he tried to build the Miami Heat Part 2 bomb squad over there. But, hey, when your pop is part owner of a team, he can at least, at least get you on the G League affiliate. So now it's up to you, uh, Zaire, to do your thing. Never lost. Did you right, see we'll see what how – a whole article was written just because Bronny James tweeted Yeah Z. He tweeted Yeah Z when he heard the news and somebody wrote a whole article off of that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Yo I ain't gonna try Yo, I, I, you know I ain't gonna try to make everything a, a new towns versus old towns thing, but I have to give old reporters, old uh column, columnists I got to give them their props because it was a whole lot more hard work to get an article out 20 years ago than, than, well, than it have, is. They didn't have to fill up as much space, though. That's the thing. <laughs> like, now you got to have something running all the time. Like, they wrote an article. <laughs> that article set for a minute. Yo, this boy said, yeah, Z. Nah, but a lot of them dudes had deadlines where they had to at least get one in every day. Because they were going to print. Yo, but some of them so didn't. Like, like, um, a, couple, a couple of the Phillies writers, they wrote like once a week. Like, it, yeah, the thing was, is, it, it, now it had we, some beat writers that we on 20, so we're I'm definitely giving props cycle, to the man. ones who had to put some something out every day. Them other dudes had We're on a 24-7 cycle, man. They got to scrape the net for, for, for content, but that's a bit <laughs> much. My man typed two words. Who said, yeah, Z? And they wrote an article off of the tweet. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's hilarious. That's boy. amazing. See, this is also what happens to come there. Become their own media outlets. Like they, they don't need like you know. Basically, Kyrie was like, "Yo, I ain't talking none of y'all. I won't write the IG." <laughs> That's voice true. Of, voice of the people. That's true. All right, man. So that's what happened while y'all were on the Grizz Nae. And before we get out of here, this date in sports history. It's brought to you by Sports the Book. Y'all been listening to us or, or checking out our content for any amount of time. You know about Sports the Book, man. It's written by. War Room Sports own Jimmy the Blueprint, one of the best pieces of sports literature you will ever read. So make sure you go out and get that. You can do that at warroomsports.com or sportsthebook.com. You can look it up on Amazon. You'll find it. Just make sure you get it. All right, man, this date in sports history, October 14, 2003, that infamous day in Cubs history when Cubs fan Steve Bartman deflects the ball away from Cubs outfielder Moises Alou. Cubs give up eight runs in the inning and lose to the Marlins 8-3. to three. And that Bartman incident is seen as the turning point in that series that put the Cubs out of that, you know, race to the World Series when, you know, at the time was their best chance of getting there in a very, 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 very long time. Um, another one of those scapegoat situations, Jim, like one of those things where as Far away we get in history, they're going to blame that on dude, but you're going to forget that there was more games to play in the series, and they just blew it. Like, dude's one little, even in that inning, dude's one little, you know, snafu shouldn't have allowed them to run off eight runs when they hadn't scored all night before that. That's on y'all. You know what I'm saying? Just like uh, Buckner, when the ball goes through his legs, they don't tell you that there was still another game to play in the series. Like, hey, that's they, all they we remember. Right. They, they want to they create the narrative. All right, so moments, one more before man. we leave. <laughs> On October 14, 1979, the NHL's greatest scorer, Wayne Gretzky, scored his first NHL goal. That was first of 894 goals. So shout out to Gretzky. Shout out to Bartman. Shout out to the Cubs, um, and we'd like to give a war room salute to all of these historical moments. Let's get up out of here. Yes, sir. It's time to get out of here. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody, everybody who supports us in any way. We appreciate all the support. Shout out to Neil and Skyview for always holding down the chat. Shout out to Tobias for calling in. Those calls we couldn't get to because I see some of you there, but we're getting out of here. We apologize. We'll be back here next week. Check us out next week as we look to week seven of the NFL. But, you know, we're going to catch you up on everything in the world of sports next week, so we will be here. Stay safe in these streets. Mass up, and we'll see you then. Be sure to catch everything we do, all of our content, all of our webcasts, podcasts, social media links, everything can be found at warroomsports.com. My book, Sports the Book, go to warroomsports.com and get that as well. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top. Take your needle.
It's not down. Three, two, three, smoking double O twelve. They be going and you sensitive then oh well. Yeah. Physical podcast, the tough push. Showtime like magic in the block push. Looking alive, push one to join in. Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment. Hip hop dollars, pit stop knowledge. Should be in sports credits, I ain't talking college. Five guys, no beef though. Secret, but the streets know Bellafani, I got a G-Flow KC, Royalty, I'm in beast mode Two hours, get your game up Who's the best in sports cast, you better name us War Room Sports Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.